and welcome to episode 10 of the MTG Complex Cast. My name is Steven, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John. Hey. And Chris. Hey. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about the SCG Baltimore and GP Portland, and talking about uh, some iconic Masters price droppings that have happened since the release. Uh, let's kick things off with our weekly roundup where we talk about decks that we piloted and played against in the past week. Uh, Chris, what did you play? Well, uh, I know last week I said I wanted to play Primeval Titan, and I did want to play Primeval Titan, but in the interest of um, trying to test uh, a deck for upcoming team events, uh, I played Five Color Humans on Friday. In the interest of competitive diversity? (laughs) (laughs) Splutter Chen has been a (laughs) wait. Something, 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 uh, get John off camera. The one I'm playing Mardu Pile twice on camera. <laughs> yeah. Good lord. Um, <laughs> so I played uh, five color humans and went three and one, uh, losing to Vizier Elves. And I have to say that that matchup felt absolutely abysmal. You have like zero interaction, right? Yeah, so pre board you have. Well, you have no interaction that matters. So your Thalias and your um, Kitesail Freebooters are pretty embarrassing against uh, a bunch of elves. And I... <clears throat> Melee Mage is the wrong card game one, I suppose. But <clears throat> between him just having the Vizier and a, or a Cord or a Company, I felt like it was all just kind of a coin flip anyway. Guess wrong. Puts a Vizier into play. Um, makes me dead real good. In the so second I, game, so I guess like for for myself and like other people who might not know, how does that deck win necessarily? The elf deck. Yeah. So it has the devoted druid vizier remedies combo. Okay. Uh, devoted druid's a two mana zero two. It says tap add a green, and then you can uh, activate its other ability, which is put a minus one minus one counter on it to untap it. Mm-hmm. Um, Vizier of Remedies, on the other hand, it's a two mana two one um, white human something mm-hmm. cleric perhaps. Um, and it says that uh, minus it's like something along the lines of if minus one minus one counters would be put onto your creatures, put that many minus one. So instead. you so yeah you go infinite with with Vizier and and Druid, but then how do you win? Um, typically with Azuri. So they just uh, go and cohort or a company okay. or whatever into an Azuri, pump their whole team a billion times, and attack gotcha. them for lots of damage. I guess that also means they can theoretically do that without the Vizier, right? Yeah, so I mean, it's still just another mana dork that they can make, make some mana, pump my guys. Well, I mean, like, at some point, like, if you have a, a Lord and a Vizier, and, like, two Viziers, and an Azuri out in play... Then you've already gone infinite, right? Because your viziers will never die, because it's always getting a buff from the lord and the azuri. Yeah, so <laughs> I guess there will come a point where where like the minus one minus one counters don't matter because it's always going to be a one one because you're always going to constantly be pumping right. up the team. So you yeah. had like two devoted druids or something. Yeah. That, yeah, you could make enough mana with them to kind of go infinite enough. Weird. All right. Cool. That's awesome. 
So game two, I play against him, and I uh, I mull down to five, and I present lethal on turn four, and he just kills me on turn three. Get better scrub. Turn two, druid. Turn three, here's a vizier. Dead. Apparently, he had Dead. nothing to do with his mana, but he top decked uh, Zuri for his third turn. So yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. But uh, I beat everything else I played. So I beat the Malira Company, mm-hmm. um, Just Sky Delver, and. What was the last? Uh, black, blue black control. Oh yeah, yeah, blue black control. I, his, so his deck was very weird. I guess it was a Jeff Hoogland list, and oh gosh, game one. I play a kite seal freebooter, or off my I activate my vial and put a freebooter into play, and he responds to the trigger by Demir charming my noble hierarch. <laughs> okay, got him. It's like get wrecked. Okay. Float of mana response, I guess. Dies. Um, look at his hand. His hand is Ashiok. Land, land, Snapcaster Mage, Snapcaster Mage. So I follow up my uh, my Freebooter with a Meddling Mage, and can you guess what uh, what I named? Basic Island. <laughs> so Snapcaster's out of the game at that point. Yeah, so I took his, I took his Ashiok with... Um, Freebooter, and then his other two castable spells in his hand were no longer castable. And he conceded shortly thereafter. Yeah, you just don't win after that, huh? You just, you, that, you cannot come back from that. And getting two, two for one by a, a two, two bear is, it's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Mm, the next game, I, uh, Freeboot him, and he shows me, like, a damnation, damnation, push, plus, like, mana leak or something. I'm like, well, I guess I'll take a damnation. Because <laughs> I had a cavern, so I wasn't too worried about his mana leak. Yeah. Next turn, another freebooter. Guess I'll take your other damnation. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then I was planning to meddling mage the next turn off of a vial and name, like, Fatal Push so you could never get them back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, um... I also wanted to play my Thalia... Oh, the greed. So greedy. The greed. <laughs> so I think I... I play my Thalia, and it's funny because he only has four lands, so even if he kills a Freebooter, he can't actually cast his Damnation anyway. Yeah. Thalia's still in play. So I figured that he would, like, push a, a Freebooter in response, in which case then I could just play my Mage anyway and name um, Damnation or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Turns out it didn't really matter what I named he um, he pushed a freebooter. Never found a fifth land. Couldn't cast damnation no matter what he did. So <laughs> they wow, diagnosed you with dead. I think something like that happened. And then against she just got really, so I was just really lucky. Yeah, I'm just real real lucky. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your interaction. <laughs> and then against Jessica Dovert, the games felt very very stompy. Yeah, they look stompy when I was editing the videos. <laughs> like, game one, turn one vial, and then I made a slight misstep, or maybe not. <laughs> so, I play, a, I believe, a mayor on turn two, but I didn't vial in my champion first, that would have given it a counter when I played my mayor. Uh-huh. I realized this on his end step, and I was like, hmm... Maybe I should have done that. But during his turn, he bolts my mayor. 
And then I get to violin my guy. I was like, haha, see, I was just protecting it from your bolt. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> and then the champion grew out of range of bolt within like the next turn or two. And Pog champ. He Gosh. just died. Misplays gone good. <laughs> and then I think game two, he, um, I freeboot him and he shows me a hand of like Snapcaster's Snapcaster. Or no, it was like Snapcaster, um, Pyromancer, Geist of St. Traft, Molten Rain. So, I mean, I guess I'm taking Molten Rain. And then I get to put a big Thalia into play, which makes his Geist look real bad. <laughs> That's pretty good. And I also got to Reflector Mage, his, one of his Pyromancers, so then he ended up with two in his hand that he couldn't cast for a turn cycle. Uh, man, and I had a small folly in play, so he couldn't, like, um, push, snap, push. Yeah. And so he goes to, like, snap, push, but then snap enters tap, so he couldn't block with it. <laughs> it's the worst. You learned yeah, that big, one the hard way big when you were Thalia. playing against the deck. Yeah. Big Thalia seems like an MVP against all these creature decks. It's good I, against snap. <laughs> I think Big Thalia is a lot better than people think that it is. Yeah. I mean, when I played against um, the humans deck briefly, I was like, oh, you know, I'm playing swans. I have, like, you know, so many millions of basics in my deck. Like, this big play doesn't do anything. And then I proceed to play, like, three tapped fetch lands. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, you get dumpstered by Thalia in that, like, like practice match. Man. Like, just, like, every single way that card could fuck you, it fucked you. Yeah, even like first strike, like can't block it with Snapcaster. Like, come on. Like, oh, and the Snapcaster can't even chump because it comes down tapped. And yeah. Oh, these fetch lands keep rolling off the top of my deck. Like, ugh. It's bad. This is real bad. Get Rex Scrub. Yeah. Also, in that matchup, um, Mantis Strider is also really good against Swans because um, <laughs> it attacks, it protects, <laughs> but it also can draw cards. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you really want your human opponent to just draw three cards? No. <laughs> but then you can't attack them back because Mantis Rider has vigilance. Yeah. This is just really, really awkward. It's like just you just have to accept that you're gonna get bolted every single turn of the game. <laughs> Heaven forbid they play a second. <laughs> yeah. So it's like he. He had like something I wanted to kill, maybe it was like a Thalia or something, but I I just I had to kill these mantis riders. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um what'd you play, John? I played the Mardu pile again. Um I made a few mistakes, ended up going two and two. Uh I lost a match to Tron. Um just old-fashioned green-red Tron. I had to go to the bathroom really bad, and I thought I had the game locked up behind, like, I think it was, like, Double Blood Moon. <laughs> and I had Gideon allies into Car Emblem and, like, Pyromancer plus Token. And, um, I, like, Thoughtseize off the top. And I see, like, a bunch of garbage in hand and a nature's claim and, like, just take, like, some garbage spell instead of the nature's claim. Forget my young Pyromancer trigger. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. And move on, move on with life. And I think I proceeded to rip, like, 
lands and two more pyromancers off the top over the next like three or four like four or five turns and they saw two nature's claims well he just went like uh claim your like, first moon untap uh, it, top it was, deck uh, this world breaker yeah just like world breaker <laughs> it. I was like, oh. and then he played like a worm coil and i was like oh why can't i draw spells like i still could have won if a removal spell just by uh, attacking in and then killing my own like whatever he blocked basically and I, I still had that as an out and like still couldn't do it it was like oh man feels bad I mean he got pretty lucky and I got unlucky but like I left the door open for him and like I didn't need to do that but I was just like I just wanted to get the game over with because I had to go to the bathroom so bad it was just like none of this matters he's dead and then he didn't die and I was was sad <laughs> why didn't you just pause it pause what the game yeah that's weird at fnm i don't know Is you it? do that I felt at fnm of... totally at comp ariel no i don't know like wait for me while i go take a whiz that's like, weird like hey uh let's put this on pause very quick i need to go to the bathroom <laughs> i don't know i guess i mean i had to go bad but i wasn't like in a medical emergency so <laughs> and then uh, i lost a storm and um it's interesting, you know, you think, like, the, you know, like, Black Midrange decks are, like, traditionally pretty favored against Storm, but um, by playing Mardu, um, you are really well positioned against the other fair decks, you got, you know, you go kind of wide, your your cards are pretty efficient, but um, not having, like, a Delve Threat or Tarmogoyf to just clock him with is uh, a real big loss in the matchup. Going wide, Papyromancer or Lingering Souls is just such a slower kill. Um, so you definitely lose some serious points in the combo matchups. But it feels really good against the fair decks, so um, it's probably worth it. Um, now this Mardu pile, is it the Singleton pile that you worked on a while ago? <laughs> no, I've, I've oh, shelved dude. that until another sweet card or two comes out. and then okay. I'll, I'll run it out again. This is not... Not so, so, Mardu Highlander. <laughs> this is an actual deck with four ofs and gotcha. okay. lands that are duplicates. Okay. I had to play... I think I played, like... I didn't even double up on basics in the no, last one. No, you didn't. No, you, it was, it was, a, it was <laughs> a legit fetches. pile. Yeah. I Playing had, like, like, all these strange fetches. Virgin catacombs in your day. Yeah, it was sweet. Uh, people were uh, pretty embarrassed when they lost to it, which was, like, ha- <laughs> half the fun. Just, like... The deck was like it's like how EDH is supposed to be. Like it's like the whole idea is like it's supposed to be like different every time, right? Like that was like kind of why people created that format was like supposed to be like a lot of like variance in how the decks played out. And like that's definitely what it felt like when I played it. It was like this game I've got you know Bob and uh, Glorybound Initiate, and then maybe the next game I'm like playing pyromancer and monastery mentors like who the hell knows <laughs> you guys you guys heard it here first the next viable format is going to be a highlander constructed you know that'd be kind of cool actually modern, I, modern highlander would be really sweet uh it'd be very interesting i've got on on the back not so back burner they're moving up to the the front of the stove pretty soon i'm tweaking some teamer and bug uh highlander lists I'd be um, very interested in the teamer one. I know the rug one is definitely going to have Huntmaster the Fails. That is, like, non-negotiable. So yep. I just got to decide what direction I want to take it in. Like, 
combo-y or grindy or whatever. I mean, it's a it's a singleton deck, so you can kind of do whatever the hell you want. Anyways, getting off track. That'll be on video when I finally put a list together and face roll some people slash myself with it. <laughs> um, what about you, Steven? What did you play this week? Uh, so this week I uh, first started jamming a bunch of um, blue, white, and bomb against uh, mono red and standard, and I don't know. I feel like the results came out uh, pretty fifty-fifty. Um, if mono red gets their their gross good hands, then I'm toast. But if I like lead the game with a my one mana enchantment that makes all their creatures come into play tapped and they gain a life every time they play cancels a creature. Authority, authority yeah. cancels. Yeah. So if I lead off with that, and if I go, if I curve out, you know, turn two, charter course, turn three, uh, the dude that makes me gain some life, and then turn four, anointed procession, turn five, make uh, discard uh, a dude in my hand to to gain more life after that. Then it's just it's kind of hard for them to win after that. Um, especially then if I followed up with Fumigate on turn five or something, I don't know. It, it, it seemed, seemed like a very 50, 50 game. Yeah. I was reading some stuff in the context of the blue white approach deck and they were saying that they were playing four of, uh, I think it's authority of the council council. I can't remember which way it goes. Sorry. But, um, it was literally like a win slash lose card. Like if you yeah. played it, you won. And if you didn't play it, you lost like, yeah. like turn one, like just having an opening hand was just huge. Yeah. I'm probably um, going to, I only have one right now. I'm probably going to go pick up two more and throw them in my sideboard. Uh, cause I have some placeholders there that I haven't decided on. Yeah. I'm um, seeing lists of like four regal caracal yeah. and like four authority of the council. And then, um, like two or three of the, Embalm Lifelinker. I can't remember his name. Sun. Sunscorch Champion. Sunscorch Champion. Yeah. Yeah. So you play him, you gain life equal to it. I guess uh, your deck is like way more into that. Yeah. Yeah, Your deck's way more into that than like the other decks. But like even the approach lists are playing him too. And they're just like overloading on the life gain effects to try to not get run over by red. Yeah. I also, oh, I forgot. I played a standard on Tuesday as well. And um, I've realized that. My deck is is heavily, heavily, heavily unfavored in the uh, semi mirror with the people playing uh, God Pharaoh's gifts and uh, and refurbish. Uh, very unfavored against that list, so I decided to throw in some Crooks of Condemnation into my sideboard for uh, that extra edge. Um, yeah, I just got crushed to like two games in a row. It was weird. Sounds like a nice meta where you're not just getting like dumpstered by energy every round. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a handful of energy players, but you can you can avoid it in an, on an F and M night. Yeah, I mean, just lose round one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Well, let's see um, the rest of the night. I also played. Uh, oh, I drafted Iconic Masters. Um, it was fun. It was so much fun. I ended up drafting a a black uh, a black green deck with a spirit monger as my win condition and it was just, it was awesome i somebody like three people passed me uh the green x creature where x is you pay x and he comes in with that many counters on him um, oh uh, yeah I've heard it's yeah funny. elemental ivy ivy elemental something like that oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. uh and 
I had a bunch of mana dorks, like three wall of roots and a few mannequins and some mana rocks. And it was, it was a very, very fun, powerful deck. And, uh, the only game that I lost to, I just, I got mana screwed. He played, a a creature that mills the top of my library until I hit a, a land. So I had like black, green, green on the battlefield. I needed one more black to ca start casting my double black four drops. And he plays that creature. I mill a uh, spirit monger swamp and then proceed to not draw any swamp right. for the rest of the game. Uh, and that just, that locked me out of that whole match period. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, something else I'd, we can touch on a little later is is the prices coming out of that draft. I kind of feel uh, maybe not gypped uh, because I actually pulled some pretty good cards, but um, I do feel a little, I don't know. If, if the card prices were the same now as they were on Friday night, I probably wouldn't have played. But anyways, moving on. Uh, I had the only cool deck I think that I saw was the the blue white approach deck um i think that's a really fun deck i did see an online video about uh i'm sure it's old now but it was teamer uh aetherworks marvel in modern which was really cool to watch was it saffron all of or was it caleb derwald i think it was caleb it's a coin flip <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was it was it was really cool to watch uh just some games where you're just like uh okay play it uh, spin it. Oh, hey, look, Emrakul. I'm going to put Emrakul on the battlefield. God, it was Those really days. funny watching him play against Burn, and like his opponent goes like, oh, Goblin Guy, and he just goes, okay, it turned to Woodweaver's Puzzle Knot, game two life. <laughs> like, what? Like, what? <laughs> uh, excellent. Yeah, those are, those are the only decks that I saw that were mildly interesting. What about you guys? Cricket. Cricket. I mean, I've <laughs> never had a Noble Hierarch get Demir Charmed before. That's valid. <laughs> Have you ever had that anything get Demir Charmed? <laughs> I don't even know if anything ever got Demir Charmed of mine when I was playing in that draft format. I mean, it must have. I've probably just forgotten, but it doesn't feel like it. That's funny. Um, I guess then we can move on to our topics for the day. Um, uh, let's start off with Portland. I'm... It's a very it's a very interesting standard event. So I feel like we've been having uh, you know quite a few standard GPs. We had one this sweet last week, when, and I believe the weekend before that. And uh, seeing a, a lot of like you know uh, nice variation in the top decks. Oh yeah, totally. You know, a lot of new exciting uh, lists, like like uh, Team Energy. Hey, uh, have you ever well, heard of this you know deck? <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I mean, no one saw these cards. Like, who, who put this together? Yeah, you know, Teamer Energy and Remin Red just ended up taking over that whole tournament, which is... Uh... I mean, I guess people were just kind of sleeping on Chandra Torch of Defiance, right? Like, yeah. you know, no one really thought it was that good. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was, its price point wasn't uh, didn't say anything about the card at all. I mean, I think uh, a Tomb with Aether was really the breakout card of that tournament uh, with 40 copies in the top 16. Jeez, that is. I guess people just like number. playing with lands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a very insane number of uh, Atuna Theaters. Um, 
I'm I'm actually kind of surprised I have there there isn't at least like the one wild card deck in here. Seeing as uh, everybody's trying to beat these two decks, I would have assumed at least one person would have been successful. Um, but I guess the closest thing we have is the four color energy deck. You get red green pummeling. Yes, that's it, true. It, it, they're playing Samut the Tested, not Chandra. That's, that's true. in the sideboard. That is absolutely true. Also, got that sick, nasty sideboard plan of three Cartouche of Ambition, three Duress. Got a board in my swamp so I can cast them, though. Yeah. Sometimes you just need lifelink. You see, uh, Samut, Superior uh, Planeswalker confirmed. You can play it as a creature or a Planeswalker. A little bit of offense, defense. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice. They have the creature in there, too. Wow. That's amazing. That's funny. She slices, she dices. That She's... is, yeah, that, that is a, a fun, a, a funny list to see in this Import, top eight. See, the important thing about becoming a Planeswalker is you actually become cheaper to cast. <laughs> That's what makes you really good. Yeah. You see, since you're trading in a lot of, you know, a lot of power... And you know, opportunity by becoming a planeswalker, you know, just can't can't cost as much, right? Like just, exactly. <laughs> Gosh. Um. <clears throat> so that was it. Was you know, it was a it was a very standard uh, standard event where we just see uh, energy and Romanop Red uh, take over and not much else. I guess we can move over to Baltimore. So, where we yeah, do speaking, get to see some sort of variance. Well, I was just going to continue with, speaking of uh, variance and standard, the um, variance and standard decks at the Team Constructed event are a little bit better. <laughs> Marginally better? I mean, our bullet point for standard literally just says lol. <laughs> I mean, yeah, again, like the, the, the top eight is all seven energy decks and one pumbler deck. With yeah. uh, Sultai being the color wheel of choice. But then the, they have like 21 teams here. I mean, you know, there's like um, a Godfrey's Gift here, you know, a, an approach deck, a Jeskai approach deck, a Grixis, you know, controlly mid range deck, you know. Listen, listen, ninth place is a blue black gift deck. For standard, that's oh, yeah. awesome. Ben Friedman looking just in from the outside at ninth place. <laughs> he was tweeting about it. Uh, he, I think he blamed uh, blamed his teammate Daryl Ayers. <laughs> <Just>, like, <laughs> threw him under the bus. <laughs> I mean, he's playing land, so he just probably drew all his matches. If I had to guess, that's funny. You know, I was watching the coverage uh, on and off at the weekend, and it was so common that the lands player would be still playing their game and like one of the, the other team or like one of the teams had just won two of their matches into the land player just never finished their their match like <laughs> oh, that's mul so multiple funny. multiple times like <laughs> that is so funny just like man that would be kind of frustrating i feel like to do that all day <laughs> got him right where i want him and oh oh you guys both lost oh, oh. Okay. Oh, well. Bummer. Well, <laughs> I was gonna get you. Twenty twenty coming in next turn. <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's actually kind of surprising to see uh, Grixis Death Shadow in the modern uh, first place. But I guess uh, also rem remembering to take these results with like 
a grain of salt because it's not uh, it's not definitive that they won. It could have been their teammates that held them up. I mean, that team is just stacked. These are all great players. Yeah. Um, Noah Walker, Dylan Donegan, Oliver Chu, like they're just all really good. Um, they're kind of like the uh, younger, up and coming guys. I feel like on the SCG circuit, kind of the cream of the crop. I guess Oliver's been on the PT. I don't know about the other two, but um, yeah, they're just all really solid players. So yeah, not too surprising to see them come out on top. But it was a uh, Grixis that Shadow and Storm. Um, and modern and uh, four color control for Noah Walker and Legacy, who ended up winning, and uh, lands for Kevin King. Um, yeah, I feel like there was second. a pretty high uh, percentage of lands decks in this tournament. So um, much. I feel like lands is usually not nearly as represented as it was at that tournament. SAG has a lot of grinders who uh, who like lands, and uh, they came and did well. Um, these uh, these players like Jarvis Yu and um, uh, Jody Keith are kind of all known for playing lands. They've been on lands for a long time, and I think they were rewarded for both their metagame position as well as their you know experience and familiarity with their deck this weekend. Is there anything else that stood up that uh, that stood out to you guys from from that tournament? Todd Stevens crushing it again with Green White Company and Modern. Um, I mean, this, this their team comp. They have Jody Keith on lands and Todd Stevens on Green White Company. And every time they're on coverage, they're just slaying lands left and right. Like, screw you. I'm going to stone rain you until I can't stone rain you anymore. <laughs> just <laughs> no lands. That was the game plan for this team, I feel like. <laughs> and then I guess Pummeler was just kind of like the the best standard option for getting people yeah Todd Stevens list is uh is very interesting to me because it's labeled as a green white company deck I just assume that it'd be running the uh vizier combo and just kind of the the standard cards that go along with it um but it's actually not it's it's running a, a very unique uh, package where you have like even mind sensors and either reliquaries, Ramanop excavator, uh, voice resurgence, course of crucifix, Azusa. Um, huh. I just noticed. Just... Sorry, I just noticed they have. I think I'm mistaken. I think Colin's Mullen got is not on their team. They have four people listed at, at eighth place. They have two legacy players on the team, actually. Oh well, I'm not sure if it's it, Michael Ferguson or Jody Keith was. I think it was Jody Keith, Todd Stevens. I I'm not exactly sure. My memory's foggy, but they have they have four four people in eighth place, so that's strange. Oh. <laughs> I think it was the uh, lands player as well. Yeah, yeah. The Blackwood Randomator player was definitely slaying people though. I uh, I got to see him crush a sneak and share deck, and it was uh, it's pretty good. I think turn one he put. Uh, was it turn turn one? I think he put Crystal Brand and uh, and uh, the um, the white flyer that makes you have to pay one every time you cast the Chancellor first of the Annex. Chancellor of the Annex, like turn one, just put both into play. Yeah, that's pretty good. Seems good. Yeah, yeah, pretty hard to beat. Opponent played a mountain before dying. <laughs> Just one mountain. Just a mountain. Seems less good. 
Yeah, what a stomp. God, that match was awful. Todd Stevens, or not Todd Stevens, uh, Cedric Phillips, of course, being very excited because that was the uh, the match that won him the bingo that they were doing for the weekend. <laughs> Good old SCG his, bingo. His last square was uh, collective brutality with exactly two modes. <laughs> it was um, somewhat amusing to me that uh, SCG almost never put the standard players on camera. <laughs> Yeah, people were kind of complaining about like what they were showing, and I was like, "Are you kidding? Like they're avoiding team energy as much as possible. That's what's going on." People didn't seem to pick up on that. The other thing I felt was like, "Well, GP problem was happening at the same time. So if standard was what you wanted to see, there was an entire GP of standard that was happening at the exact same time." I mean, if you, you can stomach the man. awful coverage, yeah. Although I would like to see Marshall Sutcliffe play bingo on air. That would be awesome. I'd be okay with that. Him and LSV, he would get trolled mercilessly. I would I would be okay with 99.99% of things that Marshall Sutcliffe does. Yeah, I'm a fan. People seem to not like him. Everyone always wants to hate on him. Uh, I think they want to hate on him because he's just that good. That good looking? I don't know if he's just that good at magic. <laughs> he's just he's just that one of those guys is just like he has a presence. He's because he's tall. He's quite tall. <laughs> he's quite large. I, I have met him. He is a large man who has a strong affinity for Man of War. <laughs> he really likes that card. I think on, on uh, coverage one time, he was saying it was like the only piece of art he owns or something. <laughs> Probably. Like the original artwork of Man of War. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I used to be a big listener of um, Limited Resources Podcast. It's a good product uh, if you like uh, if you like drafting, playing limited. That is like top notch. They do a good job. But uh, yeah, his uh, his knowledge of constructed formats can be a bit lackluster. Well, I just wanted to mention that out of all the f- team, well, out of, out of all three formats of the team event, it looks to me like modern is the most diverse. <clears throat> Whereas, um, you know, standard yeah, is just all energy all the time. Uh, Legacy, we had a bunch of lands, a bunch of Delver, and then a couple, you know, two of, two to three, you know, of other decks. But modern yeah, I, is um, the the most most different stuff going on. I think it's partially because there's like it's a team event, so people are less likely to like bring that sweet janky pile, right? At least bring that sweet janky pile and make their way to the top tables. Um, but modern, it's kind of less clear what the best deck is. Whereas I think in Legacy, there's you can come to a lot more concrete ideas about what the best deck in the format is, right? Like it doesn't take too much to realize that like Checkpile, Grixis Delver, lands kind of top of the heap. Modern right now, it's not so cut and dry. I feel like there's different ways you can go, and there's kind of some play and what what's going to be good at a, in the a given day on at a tournament right like you know you might you feel like storm's really well positioned and then if you run into a lot of people playing death shadow well it might not go so well for you conversely speaking if you're on scape shift you might just clean house all day i will say that you mentioned that people left their janky piles at home but steve rubin decided to show up with black oh. red hollow one oh so with good the full four burning inquiries in the main deck. For those of you at home who don't know what this card does, <laughs> it's uh, one red. 
Each player draws three cards, then discards three cards at random. Oh, so good. Delicious so, variants. So how often did this actually hit? Hit so what? The, uh, the match that I saw um, Stephen play, he was playing against Drix's Death Shadow. He casts his Burning Inquiry. And his opponent draws three and proceeds to discard, like, Lightning Bolt, Terminate... And I think, like, Snapcaster Mage? So now opponent just has no removal. <clears throat> and then since he discarded all these cards, he goes, like, you know, Gurmog Angler, Gurmog Angler, or something like that, and says go. <laughs> yeah, the Gurmog Anglers out of this deck are freaking fierce. Like, and then, like, you have that Flame Wake Phoenix just keeps coming back while you have, like, an Angler in play. Oh, what was really funny is um, he had a Flame Blade Adept in play, cast Burning Inquiry, so then it becomes a 4-2, and he discarded a Flame Wake Phoenix with it, and so he used to <laughs> just bring it back into play and attack with it. I was super confused, because he neglected to actually mad cast his uh, Fiery Temper for Madness cost, and I was like, why? And then he like gets back the bird, and I was like, okay, but you still have a spare mana. You know, he like crashes in plays his land for turn, and then just plays a Gurmog Gangler. I was like, ugh. <laughs> ugh, what a turn. Wow. Yeah, just what a disgusting turn. I was like, okay, yeah, you can let that Burning Inquiry go. Or that, uh, uh, was it Fiery Temper? I'm sorry, Fiery Temper, yeah. Let that Fiery Temper go. No need no need for that three when you can just play a, <laughs> play play a Gurmog. Fish. Yeah. yeah. Real big fish. So, that was That was already kind of thinking about playing that deck and uh definitely want to take it for a spin now i've i've seen all i need to see i want to bamboozle some people real good and then get bamboozled by your own deck oh yeah like <laughs> because you don't have that kind of luck i mean i don't know i i used to be pretty lucky I mean, you know the old like burning inquiry into discard blood gas blood gas fiery temper madness the oh, fire temper oh. bring him down to 10 play a land oh clear blood gosh. gas give him haste ah <laughs> getcha this deck oh. was made for bad beat stories Living <laughs> oh both ways right like this deck's just a bad beat during machine like yeah like, then i played burning inquiry and discarded all my lands <laughs> <laughs> got him yeah yeah, definitely want to make sure your mana isn't in the most tenuous of situations before you cast that. Like, oops, I had lands for the next couple turns. Now I don't. Speaking <laughs> of uh, Bloodcast, let's talk about these Iconic Masters prices and how they've been plummeting ever since packs have been getting open. Fire sale! It's a fire sale! <laughs> So I saw um, Horizon Canopy drop like almost ten dollars overnight. Yeah, I think it was like Friday. Um, it was still you know high thirties, almost forty. And then I woke up the next morning, it was like thirty bucks. So so to give you guys an idea, I did uh, I did the the midnight draft. I look at my phone at, at about right before we started twelve o'clock. I look at Mana Drain. Mana Drain is a uh, like. 97 and some change uh about pack two i look at it again it's about 95 and some change um i kind of forget about looking at prices while i'm drafting in my first round and then i have some time during my second round 
where I look at prices again, and it's now at 87 and some change. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Um, okay, cool. Like, like I'm sure that's where it's going to stop. End of the night, it, uh, it stopped around 82 and some change. And that was like, that was even before 4 o'clock. From 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. It had... Eastern. Eastern time, yeah. It, it had dropped significantly. And it was it was stunning. I, I haven't ever seen a card do that before. I mean, to be fair, it's been a while since they printed a card like that, though. That's true. Accurate. Um, right now, I'm... We're looking at this at this chart uh, that says what the prices of the cards were in August 2017, uh, what the prices are as of 11, uh, as of the 19th of this month, and then how much value each card has lost since between the two. Um, Manadrain is at the top with $117 and some change uh, as a price drop, and then Flusterstorm seventy dollars is insane. I, I I understand that that card has only been printed in a limited in a limited supply, but I never expected that uh, that a print run of this size would be um, would drop it down so much. It's worth noting too that with these cards with the big numbers they're not even the highest percentage drops Mishra's Bobble dropped 86% and that was I mean it's probably dropped even more by now it's been a day since this it went from uh, 31.59 to 4.35 that's an 86% drop like it's insane Uh, Nimbus Maze dropped 82% Auroc Champion dropped 80 like these are some big big changes Mana Drain with, despite having like a big number on it, it was actually only like a sixty-three percent drop, yeah. which is in the middle of the pack for some of these these in-demand cards. Interesting is Urabrask was a nine-dollar card, not anymore. <laughs> probably <laughs> probably getting in the two fifty range by now. That's a huge huge drop. Chris, you can get some more Lotus Cobras for your collection. Seventy-two percent drop in price. Eh, but they're English. That's that's a very and that card is is a weird drop to me. I've never EDH. I've never realized uh, how much Lotus Cobra was like a staple in EDH, and and I've always thought of in my head that's Lotus Cobra was really popular around the time I got into Standard. So in my head, it's just like a standard card from back in the day. I don't ever see it as like a staple in any kind of format. It's weird. <laughs> Poor Lotus Cobra. <laughs> You mean it's a staple in Trap Snakes? I guess it is worth noting that um, a lot of these cards don't really see... So there are a lot of cards that see Eternal Play, but there's cards like... Um, <clears throat> con- cards like Consecrated Finx, um, Sarah Ascendant, Teferi, uh, Jin Jitaxis. Like, those cards don't really see any sort of uh, constructed... Um, tournament level play but they do see a lot of EDH play and I think those cards have been affected the most honestly um, just looking at this like very rudimentary spreadsheet yeah man Jenkataxis is core affordable now <laughs> um, I'm actually 
if anything, I'm, I'm a little excited for the price of Bloodcast dropping and the price of uh, Oriok Champion dropping and Grove of the Burn Willows. Um, and maybe even Horizon can be, but it's still a $30 card, which means it's it's a little out of reach of like buying playset, like just dropping money for a playset. Um, but all those other cards are have become way, 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 way more affordable than they were before, and I'm, I'm actually looking forward to picking up a playset. Also, Kiki Jiki is a card that I've been wanting to pick a playset of um, for a long time, but there's no real reason to get them. Uh, but now that they're $5, I'll probably end up buying four. Yeah, man, you can play terrible Kiki Jiki decks now. It's Listen, exa- we all go through. Exactly. I've been wanting to build Splinter twin lists Splinter Twin for a very long time. <laughs> I mean, there's been some lists that have done okay recently and uh, dailies, so it's a place to start. Yeah. So we'll close out this, uh, this week's podcast with our normal slot of the week where we pick a card out of our 75 that we are totally hyped to play this week. Uh, John, what do you have for us? Well, I'm probably not going to be able to make it to FNM this Friday because uh, I'm going to be meeting up with some friends who are in town for the holidays. Um, but I'm going to be spending tomorrow testing with uh, my teammate for the upcoming team events, uh, Mike Schlumpf, and we're going to be jamming a bunch of blue-white approach games. And um, I've been thinking more and more the last few days that Essence Scatter is looking better and better as an option for the deck. Um, all I really care about beating are Ramen Up Red and Energy. Um, I feel like the rest of the decks are A, not very common, and B, not too poorly positioned against the deck. Or I just say we're not too poorly positioned against them, aside from like the blue-black control deck. And um, Essence Scatter is just a very efficient way to deal with what they're playing. Um, it's effectively counterspell against a lot of these decks in the early turns of the game. They just want to deploy creatures and attack you or build up a board advantage in the case of Teamer. And Essence Scatter is a really clean, efficient answer to what they're trying to do. So um, I'm interested in that. Um, obviously, Sensor does you know a similar uh, thing, but Sensor does not scale as well into the late game. You just have to kind of cycle it away. Essence Scatter can still hit a Scarab God or a Torrential Gear Hulk. So um, pretty hot on that card, and I'm going to be uh, working it into our testing tomorrow, I think. Uh, how about you, Chris? What's uh, What are you excited to get into your 75? So last week when I played Humans, I boarded in Tracker, I think, twice. And the one game where I had to play for multiple terms, it was quite good. The card advantage was really nice, and ended up with this huge guy. But uh, one thing I found kind of awkward was um, citing out a bunch of two-mana creatures and citing in three-mana creatures. So I kind of feel like having a two-drop that does a similar thing as... Um, Tyler's track would be quite nice and Dark Confidant really I think would help fulfill that role and it might even be good enough to get a, a main deck slot or two uh, how about you Steven? Uh, so this week I'm probably also not going to be able to make it to Friday Night Magic uh, due to work but I will be brewing away um, with this fun list that I have going on with uh, Trophy Mage. <clears throat> Trophy Mage is a three mana creature. When it enters the battlefield, you may go search an artifact three convert- with converted mana cost three and put it into your hand. Um, I'm kind of looking to build the modern version 
of like a death and taxes from legacy so essentially trophy mage is going to be the really really bad version of stoneforge mystic um and i'm gonna try to just uh, that's where i'm starting so i'm thinking trophy mage and i'm thinking like four trophy mage and then one of each three three converted mana cost sword and then even an etched champion that you can get in the late game um but besides that, that is the shell that I have. I, I know I want to play Thalia's. I know I want to play uh, Aether Vials. Um, and, and I'm kind of just going from there. I, th I really think this deck is going to be bad. Like, really bad. But I'm going to have a lot of fun uh, brewing. Finding out a way to get Trophy Mage to be good. No opinions. Great. Fantastic. You guys are amazing. I mean, it's... <laughs> kind of slow no yeah it's awfully slow so you play uh meddling mages and i don't know other things to disrupt the, what whatever they're doing i don't know it's it'll be bad it'll be it, it'll be grandly bad what about see. like other demon artifacts like crucible of worlds uh, and vidalkin shackles but then i have to have islands or oblivion stone <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll I'll, I'll iron out the kinks and come back to you guys with the list. I mean, like it. Yeah, it's probably far too greedy. <laughs> but like, oh yeah, you can get this crucible and you can pretend like you're a. Uh, then taxes like you know, goes quarter lock them, yada yada yada. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we are so exciting this week. Oh man. Uh, and I think that about wraps us up for this week. Thank you for checking us out and sticking out to the very end. Uh, if you're wondering where you can find more content, please head over to mtgconflux.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under the same name, mtgconflux, one word. And if you have any suggestions or comments that you'd like us to read, please feel free to email us at themtgconflux at gmail.com. Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around. We hope you'll join us in the next one. Later. Bye.